0: Hello, Baruch Levy, Be the Defiant Spirit. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I want to share with you some thoughts that you've already heard before. If this is not your first podcast with me, then you've heard it before. But guess what? The best things in life we revisit, not just sometimes, all the time. I was uh, talking to somebody about this and I use the analogy of making love. Right? Do you say to your spouse who taps you on the shoulder, You know, but we did that, like that's how we got three, four kids, right? So why would we do that again? You know, you're an idiot if you end up saying that. Guys, pay attention, you're an idiot. I actually don't know any guys who really say that. So the best things in life, we say, I'm in. Right? I'll do that again. Go out and have a drink. We don't say, well, I've done that before. I'll do it again. We, The best things in life, we just revisit over and over. The, my favorite books, I read and reread. I honestly do this with some TV shows too. Not proud of that, but I like what I like. And every time is new and you go into it in a nuanced way, seeing different things. Well, that's true with me in this one. I call it a verse now because it's holy, but actually Technically, it's just a quote, but it's a quote that shows up all over the place. It's Victor Frankl's famous quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our um, response lies our growth and our happiness. I read this in two separate places on my vacation. I was reading one Enneagram book and one other book. I forgot what it was, but it wasn't Enneagram, it wasn't Frankl. And yet, <coughs> it was in the book. I've never seen a, book, a quote this much in my life. Maybe now it's just because I'm paying attention to it. Excuse me, a little water break there. Um, I'm paying attention to it, so maybe I see it. But people like this quote that resonates with their quote, the, um, with with us, this quote. So why why does it resonate? Why am I talking about this again? Because my 12 year old read this quote and he. Um, We were seven hours of driving. So anybody who knows Aviv knows this is one deep, old, little soul. This kid, 12 year old, is deeper than all my other kids combined. I love them dearly, but he's an Enneagram four. He just came out this way. And so seven hours, and first of all, he wanted me to pop quiz him on the Enneagram because he likes the Enneagram. He talks in Enneagram language. And so we did a little pop quiz thing driving and it was really cute. I think we might even do a podcast on it. And uh, then it shifted into Viktor Frankl. We're we're reading Man's Search for Meaning together. We're um, preparing for his bar mitzvah. And Aviv and I are studying man's search for meaning we're talking about the holocaust and we're talking about um you know these concepts you know in a 12 year old's language but we're talking about it and then we started talking about this one quote i think he saw it on my wall or something and he wanted to know like what's stimulus and basically explained it to him as shit happens in that that he got and then we talked about the ability to um choose the power of choice and it was just so eye-opening to see a 12 year old get it we were talking about and he's a dancer and when he's up on stage and there's that moment when you either give away your power and you become frozen staring at the audience and he just um did his thing in New York at a competition and I don't know a thousand people maybe there a lot of people I I didn't speak in front of a thousand people until I was like 20-something years old, this kid danced in front of a thousand people. And we're talking about though, there this, comes this moment when you have a choice to make. Either you are on autopilot, unconscious, and you just sort of go through the motions, or you take a breath, you find your space, and you make a choice to dance. Right? Cares about the audience, cares about the judges, I'm gonna dance my dance. And we were just talking about that as being powerful and then we were talking about that at school and how that can come up and in life and at that point I was like getting frustrated in traffic and we were talking about it in regards to traffic but it just hit me that this is a roadmap it's a roadmap for 12 year olds it's a roadmap for 51 year olds it's a roadmap for 100 year olds this is one of those simple roadmaps that I hear People use all the time more than a roadmap because a roadmap, you know, I think of the old days unfolding it, um, sort of, you know, futzing with it. It's just complicated. Got to fold it back up again. More than a roadmap, it's a template because a template, you can just lay it on something and see, right, that it fits or it doesn't fit. This is a template, not even just for life. That's too abstract for a moment because what is life? Moment after moment after moment. There is no such thing as life. There's no future. There's no past. Show me where they exist. People will start talking about their problems when I'm coaching them as if there really is a past. And I have to help remind them, if you can show me, I'll give you everything I owe. But you can't show me the past because it doesn't exist except in your head. And your head is right here, right now. And right here, right now, we can control. I can't control the past. I can't control the future. But right here, right now, you got this. And if you got this, what does that mean? It means what Aviv and I were talking about. Can you put the template? And it's just that simple. I'm going to boil it down even more. That whole thing, stimulus and response, there's a space. Nope. Are you going to react? Or are you going to respond? That's it. If you walk around moment after moment after moment and saying to yourself, not to others, this is about you and your template, do I want to react? Which is not choosing reaction is is you're not even thinking about this so you've already given away the keys you've already given away your power because you're in fight or flight you're not thinking we, we all go through this but there will come a moment when you're cut off in traffic and you realize you're just being an asshole we call it an eight hole in my enneagram because i'm an eight um I'm, am i going to stay in this place of reaction or I, and, I, and sometimes I say, yes, I'm just going down this path because it's got my number and it's just got its hooks on me and it's too good and I'm, I, I'm not involved in that moment. But there are other times when I say, no, I'm going to put the template on it. Do I want to react or do I want to choose? Choose what? Depends on the situation. Depends on the person. But the act of choosing is taking back your power. The act of choosing is no longer being a victim. What is a victim? Powerless. The guy in the traffic who cut me off, he's got power over me. The weather, it's dark and gloomy out. It's got power over me. The financial situation, it's got power over me. Pick your poison. That's to be a victim, to give away your power, to just live in reaction and wherever it takes me, takes me. Sometimes it's on an upswing. Sometimes it's just good stuff, but you're still a victim because I was talking to somebody who's very into the market, uh, the uh, stock market. And it's been a tumultuous time and they were talking about how exhausted they felt because it was an up day. It was, the market was up like 400 points from the prior day and it was a good day. And I said to him, but that's still being a victim. He said, how's that being a victim? I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm energized because you don't own the source of your power. It's the stock market. And tomorrow when it falls, it will fall. It always goes 45 degree angle up if you look at it. But it's going to go up and down and up and down in that process. And every day you're a victim. Every day you've outsourced your power to it, as opposed to you choosing how to respond. If it's up, you don't have to be happy. It doesn't mean you have to be upset. Maybe you want to be happy. You choose to be happy. But I'll tell you what, I think King Solomon was wise when he created this ring. It says on my ring, Gamze Yaavu," which is Hebrew for this two. This too shall pass. And supposedly he wore it as a reminder that the stock market highs back in the day and the stock market lows both shall pass. And as I've thought more and more about what what he meant by this, I think it's I'm not going to be a victim of my circumstances, the high ones and the low ones. We don't usually think of being a victim in terms of the good days, the happy days, the, um, the upswing in whatever you're going through. Because we've only really associated victim, being v- victimhood is the gloom and the doom and the dower and the down. However, as I'm talking it through with you, being a victim is irrelevant of what those circumstances are. Being a victim is having no say in the downswings for sure, but also in the upswings. And can I say this too shall pass and live that more Buddhist even keeled life. Nothing wrong with being happy. Nothing wrong with going to knee jerk reaction to being happy. But the point of life as I understand it and I'm trying to live it and help other people through it is to own your power. And what's the only power that you ever had, ever have, ever will have? The power to choose your response. So whether you're outsourcing it to the happy or you're outsourcing it to the sad, you're still outsourcing your power. And it comes back to that simple template that my son of Eve and I were exploring that I have more and more people talking to me about. Just simple language. B, I don't wanna react in this situation, I wanna respond. I wanna become responsible, response able, able to choose my response. If you take that template with you and you overlay it, all day, every day, and everything you're going through, you will see a remarkable difference in your life, a consciousness return to your life, a power at the center of your life that you haven't felt in a very long time. I know I have. It has been a long and rocky road for me since I left being a rabbi, since I retired in 2015, feeling like I had mastery. I had power. I didn't walk away from a profession or a position because I lost my job, because I wasn't good at it. I was amazing at my job with all due respect and humility. I'm not bragging. I'm I put in the effort. I put in the 10,000 hours, 20,000 hours, 50,000 hours. I devoted my life to it. I loved it. I, I still love those pieces of it. It just wasn't mine anymore. I needed to walk my own path. And so when I walked away, I felt powerless. I felt like a victim of my circumstances, starting over, starting from scratch, professionally. It wasn't scratch. It brought with me my, my work and my wares, but the bottom line is it felt powerless. I felt like a victim. That was eight years ago. It's taken me, you know, at least five of those years to really sift through it, to stop believing that my circumstances were responsible, are responsible for my happiness, for my success, um, that I wanted to take back my power and stand on my own two feet, not have to feel like it was Outside of me, but that it was within me one of the reasons why I left being a rabbi because for me it felt like I Had my power Source outside of me in a thousand different ways that has nothing to do with the rabbinate has nothing to do um, With anything other than me and I didn't feel like I was ever in control of my destiny I didn't feel like I was um, The captain of my fate the master of my soul now many of my colleagues um, who are rabbis and, and ministers, feel that. They're, they're in their mastery. But for me, I needed to get back to a place that I felt like I was choosing my path, my response. And I went through this period where I was just sort of looking and searching and trying on, and, and, and now I'm back there. But I know what it's like to feel like a victim of your circumstances. Now, maybe for you, it's not your profession, although for a lot of people it is. Maybe it's your your marriage Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's your relationship with food or alcohol or money or whatever it is. None of which, none of those things are bad, right? Alcohol's not bad. Food's not bad. We need these things. I don't know if you need alcohol, but it's nice. It's a it's a fun recreational experience until it's not, until it owns us, until we no longer feel like we have power over our circumstances we no longer have agency in our lives and so the work that we're all here to do is to get back to taking back that power and how do you do it it's not about reading man's search for meaning it's not about doing some dissertation on the concept of power and free will no it's simple it's just a simple little tool technique template that you carry with you all day every day like my son of Eve and I talked about in that car ride and we're talking about now am I going to live in reaction unconscious, on autopilot, giving away my power, victim of my circumstances, the high ones and the low ones, or am I going to get back to the space, this space where I get to become conscious, where I come off of autopilot, where I make my choices, where I become captain of my fate, master of my destiny by simply or not so simply choosing my response. Am I gonna live it in reaction, a life of reaction, or am I gonna live a life of response That's the question all day, every day. And if you ask that question enough and you answer it in the right way, and yes, sometimes life is binary, right and wrong, good and bad. The good way to live your life, the better way to live your life, the more meaningful way to live your life, frankly, the only meaningful way to live your life is simply to stop living in reaction and to take back your power. What? To choose your response. I will talk to you in the next podcast if you want to learn more about this work that I do with clients uh, and new different ways that I'm offering it because I'm evolving the medium to get these uh, messages to you, jump over to DefiantSpirit.org. get onto my emailing list. Would love to connect with you, stay connected with you. Until the next time, defy your number, live your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant Spirit.